The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Hi, this is Harry Margolis with the Ask Harry Podcast. We're here to answer your estate planning questions and hear from experts in the field. In this installment of Ask Harry, Harry talks with Lori Gervais, a financial planner and author of the publication, Pass It On. Lori, thank you very much for joining me today. Today we have Lori Gervais on the podcast, and she is a wealth manager with her husband, Roger, and they've recently written a very interesting book called Pass It On, Transferring Wealth, Wisdom, and Financial Smarts to Future Generations. So, Lori, the first question I'd like to ask you is, why did you write the book? Oh, loaded question. (laughs) Several reasons, really. It started with us constantly thinking about how with our current financial experience and expertise and what we see and hear from clients, we just felt like folks really struggle with this particular area, how to actually pass it on. But then what happened ultimately was we had a friend a couple of years ago who was diagnosed with a terrible disease and very quickly, he really only made it a couple more months yeah, um, and passed away, unfortunately. But, but that, I don't mean to sadden the, the podcast here, but that really set us into high gear. And I say that because he was our same age, so mid-40s. Mm-hmm. He has four kids, same age as ours. Wow. And to just see someone pass away and... And it just made us, of course, being in the financial industry, our focus is we want our kids to be able to manage their money well and be sensible and and not get taken advantage of by any sharks out there. We have all these concerns that surround wealth. Mm -hmm. And when we saw him pass away, it just kicked us into high gear. We said, if if nothing else, we, we need to write this book for our kids who aren't old enough to really talk about all these topics but we want it to be there for them as a resource and a tool. And then we just got so excited about it and dove into it and made it all happen. And now it's an Amazon bestseller and loving how other people are really using it for their families. And so now it's just a lot of fun. So there are really two sides to to this, I think. One one is kind of what what I do in my profession, which is do the estate planning in a case like uh, your friends would be setting up trust for the kids. Mm-hmm. But the, the whole other side is how do you, I, I think, is how you talk about to your kids about money so that they know what it means and how they should deal with it in terms of saving, spending, and giving it away if you're lucky enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I assume that's a big part of the book. I know it's a big part of the book. So I wonder if you want to say anything about that or how people should can talk to their kids and how they can teach them how to be better managers of money. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think a big part of it that folks really need to understand is that managing money goes far beyond the tactical day-to-day management of investments and debt and insurance in taxes, etc. It's about knowing what you want your money to do for you mm-hmm. and having a family vision. Then you're managing money with a purpose and direction. And I think folks need to think of it that way initially. We can get into, and we do in a section of the book, get into the fine elements of investing, etc. But 
you know, you really need to have that vision first. And it's important because specifically with kids, with developing that vision, if you will, because they'll develop a vision for family wealth, whether or not you're intentional about communicating the vision that you want them to have. Mm -hmm. Kids will formulate their own vision. Forming a family vision, it really gives you a family game plan, so to speak. It helps everyone get on the same page and crystallizes your family's core values. We believe having a plan like this in place is crucial for that successful wealth transfer in values down the road. And this is going to interweave throughout our whole conversation, but you need to get that starting point there so you know what you truly value first. The reason to have that family vision is quite honestly, it's counterproductive at best. When family members have different visions for the family wealth, especially across generations, mm-hmm. at worst, it can destroy a, you know, a family's estate and even the family itself. But corporate America gets this. So I'll just you know, kind of use that as a frame. Mm-hmm. Corporate America understands that. The most large thriving companies have a clearly defined mission statement and value statement and culture statement and what have you that they live by. They have these guiding principles and quarterly goals and five-year plans and, and things like that. And I'm not saying families have to get into all that craze, but mm-hmm. I'm just trying to give you an, exa- an example of how corporations know that it's good to have some sort of guiding principle in order for their company to thrive. And I think they have these all documented. You could do that. Some families like the Rockefellers do that. They have big family meetings. They have all this documented and you can be very formal if you would like, but you can also keep it very simple and just interweave your thoughts and feelings about how you spend money. This should be a written document? It could be. So if you want it to be, and I gave that example of the Rockefellers, and you don't have to be of that level of wealth. It's all in the style of your family. Some folks, they like that formal written snapshot. That's Mm -hmm. their guide, just like a company does, their mission statement, if you will. But you can also, if you say, gosh, that's not for me, that's way too fancy. I don't need anything written and hung up on a wall or anything. Mm-hmm. Just between you and your spouse, and then you and your kids, ultimately, at least interweaving your values and feelings about money throughout your daily living. So, however, you spend money at the store, however, you don't spend money on the item that the other, maybe their friend's family bought XYZ, mm-hmm. maybe you want to comment, that's just not how we choose to spend our money. Just having these interwoven conversations. Even just doing it that way, day by day, as different topics come up, can be enough that formulates that uh, whole aura, if you will, of how money gets spent or saved. So Mm -hmm. it can be simplistic, or it can be well-documented and written out. But my point of commenting about a family vision is kids will create their own vision, regardless if you say anything about money or not. And so that's the part that bothers me the most. And what we, why we wanted to talk a lot about family vision in the book is oftentimes, especially in the United States, we don't talk about money. It's taboo. Right. And that's so you don't true. talk about it. You avoid it. You look the other way. But you know what? That is really harming your children because they, then they don't understand money. 
and mm. then they don't manage it well and then the grandchildren and then so on and so forth and just no one has a good way of managing money and that's why if you have that base that value base that family vision of what money is used for again you don't have to be the rockefellers you don't have to be of that magnitude of wealth to just simply have a vision for how money is used within the purpose of it within your family so, so of course most families are just trying to get through the the week or the month and hopefully if they're if they can putting something aside for retirement and for their kid's college education. But I guess even when they do that, they're always making choices about how to spend money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Which, which, whether they, do they shop at, at Whole Foods or at Star Market, do they, mm-hmm. do they what do they spend on it? What, uh, do the, the kids have smartphones or not? Things like that. Right, exactly. And, and so I guess the, but, but my guess is that most families either don't talk about it or it's or the parents have some sort of almost more feelings about these things that get passed on to the kids whether whether they need to be frugal or keep up with the joneses in terms of their spending and they are watching you and anyone who's listening to this that has children they know that they are watching you it's the modeling matters i know we all think about that in other topic areas of our life. Maybe it's health or or food or just other areas. You might be cognizant of make sure you go to the dentist, et cetera. We want to be good parents. But then for some reason, we forget about the money part. (laughs) We we think of other areas to to model for our children, like brushing your teeth or what have you. But in all seriousness, we need to think of these longer term things. And how, what do you do when the when parents don't don't always agree on uh, how money should be spent? And that that kind of brings us all the way back to the beginning, which is that the parents need to be talking in detail. This is almost a form of counseling (laughs) because for some couples, that is actually uh, very true. They had different upbringings. So there's a bit of marital counseling in there because some might view money as live for today, spend, and the other might be saving frugally. And and maybe we need to come together in the middle where we don't need to hoard it by any means, but we don't need to blow it. And they need to build their adult conversation around family vision about wealth. It's actually very healthy that the couple is talking in that way and then deciding you know, that vision for the kids and how they educate them along the way. It's very healthy as in your business. And we know as well, oftentimes families have to create these wildly complex trusts because everything I've described so far hasn't happened. And Mm -hmm. so then when mom and dad, often our clients who are 60 to 80 feel they have to design all these elements into a trust to make sure that their kids don't spend it right. you know, in, you know, in a way that they're you know, not approving of. Trusts are very important and we can talk more about that, but you probably get my point of sometimes the adult, the, the parent that's 60 to 80 years old feels that the only way to educate their kids is basically to control things via right. trust. And, and so what we're getting at is, so we, we understand that, because many of our clients are in that 60 to 80 years old, have already built their wealth, and now they're mm-hmm. worried about it. Yeah. So, so we're coming at this education and this conversation as we know the trouble that lies ahead. So let's educate now on how to make sure that doesn't 
happened, that you feel you've had good communication about money along the way so that, sure, if you want to put things in trust to, for credit or protection or divorce protection, et cetera, et cetera, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, but that you don't have to be constantly worried as you're aging, constantly worrying about how to recraft your trust so that your child isn't a spendthrift. That's just sad. Yeah. Let's spend our days in happy times with right. our children. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're so if you're sixty to eighty, your kids are probably adults at, by that time. Right, right. But uh, so, but at what at what age would you start talking more explicitly with kids about money rather than just kind of modeling how money is spent or not spent? I think that I think that can be interwoven really at any particular age. I'm going to be a little gray there because I think that you can start small, start young. I'll give you an example. Just this week, my son found, one of my children, who's only four, found two quarters on the washing machine and said, oh, look, two coins. And I said, well, you can have those and put that in your treasure box if you want. And he looked at me and he said, but I didn't earn it. Mm. And and I thought that was fabulous. (laughs) Of course, I'm thinking, this is great. He understands. You need to Uh earn money. But so it can be tiny concepts. Doesn't just come out of the cash machine at the bank. Yeah, it can be tiny concepts when they're real little or when they're eight or 10 or 12. Those conversations can build up from there. And you're going to know your, my point is you're going to know your children best as far as how much information you can give them at a time but starting young it can be small nuggets along the way and then as they are getting into their preteen teenage years you can start getting into more conversations that are deeper and deeper and it goes from there all the way up through college etc so i don't think it's a i can't pinpoint an exact age it's gonna have to be a little bit of molding within your own family what do you think about allowances We, so personally, we do it simply for teaching, managing money. I know there's just different aspects. There's people that are haters and people that are lovers of allowance. I can explain how we use it. We don't just hand them money just really with no goal or intent. We actually are doing it just to teach them how to manage it. Mm. So for us personally, what we do is we, we base it on their age. That's how much they get per month. And so we hand them the money and they break it out into three mason jars. You have your 10% that goes to charity. Mm -hmm. And then you have 40% that we say. You're teaching them them fractions along the way. Exactly. All kinds of lessons in here. (laughs) You're putting 40% in. I don't call it spending because I don't want them to think they can just spend it for no reason. So I call it short-term savings. And then 50% in the mason jar that says long-term savings. So trying to teach them carving it out that you you don't just blow what you get um, Mm -hmm. and what actually truly happens after they measure that out is then then they just essentially hand us back the money as far as putting it into the bank. Mom and dad. The bank of mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. But so when we look at allowance, it's not just to give them money. It's to teach them management, how to carve it out and that it doesn't all get spent and that you should think of others and so forth. But the other thing we've layered in here, which we have found to be very helpful and many families have enjoyed hearing about this, is what we call a family bank. I don't know if you've ever heard of that term or not, but what we've done there is 
So when they are giving us the parts that they're not holding on to in their little wallets, then they say, okay, put it in the bank. It's not actually going to a real bank. For us, just with interest rates in this current time, <laughs> so low, um, we you, just- you, you, you pay higher interest rates than we, the bank does? We, we, we do only because what we're trying to teach them is how exciting that is to save. Can I deposit some money with you as well? <laughs> Fortunately, uh, these are small dollar amounts going in here uh, at the current time. But, but yes, we pay a much larger uh, rate of return than the banks are. But in hopes to show them how exciting it is to see their money grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, if I put it in the bank, it actually grows and I have more. Unfortunately, with the current interest rate environment, they might not be so excited about a bank, I hate to say. But so we just have a little Excel spreadsheet and we tabulate all that. And so they get, they look over my husband's shoulder and they see where they're at dollar wise and they like seeing it grow. So you're, again, you're teaching them with what gets saved. They're watching what that grows to. And they're trying, my older daughter's trying to build up enough money to buy a stock. And it, it's just mm-hmm. little conversations. It doesn't have to rule your whole life. Yeah, It's ruling this podcast because it's our topic. Right. But I don't want you to think that's all we talk about. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, but, the, but the idea I, I, I take it in terms of sort of family vision and sort of values here is that they just understand something about how to manage money and, and, and that there is some value in saving it and not just spending it and in planning for the future. And also I like the idea that you said that the 10% is to, to give away. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so that's, that, that's all great. And I, I remember both myself when I was young, get, getting a, a, a savings book account and taking my kids to the local bank to get a, savings mm-hmm. account mm-hmm. to kind of uh, instill some of that in them. And I hope it works. You never know, I guess, until they're out on their own. Right, right. True, true. Um, but that's great. So how would people both find your book and uh, find you if they all want some help with creating a family vision for their finances and, and teaching their kids about finances? Mm-hmm. Well, they could go to our website, which is gervaiwealthmanagement.com. You know, on there, they can connect with us. They can actually check out the link to Amazon about the book. They can also look at some other educational nuggets that we've written and that might be helpful for their family. I I'd think you better spell, spell Gervais since it's uh, sure. have a silent letter in there. <laughs> it's G-E-R-V-A-I-S, a true French name being from Maine. <laughs> Great. Good. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think this will uh, give families a, a really good start on having a family vision and teaching their kids about how to better manage their, their finances. Great. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Ask Harry podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends and colleagues. If you have questions about estate planning, you can find answers at askharry.info. And if you don't find your answer there, you can post a question and I will respond to it. You can also subscribe and listen to future episodes on iTunes.